0: Hello and welcome to 8 Minutes to Ageless, the podcast committed to teaching you the minimalistic approach to becoming bold and not old. On this 20 minute weekly podcast, you will learn how to care for your body and mind while spending the bare minimum amount of time to be successful. I know that life is full, so full that we tend to put our own needs on the back burner and in some cases are simply too confused to figure out what to do, so we do nothing. This podcast is designed to help you leave regrets behind and start caring for yourself, no matter your age, so you can grow older and like it, and I might say even love it. My name is Dr. Kelly Pearson and I am the host of this podcast. I'm a practicing chiropractic physician and author of 8 Minutes to Ageless. Over the past 40 years, my patients have taught me so much about what not to do that I finally just had to get this book written and podcast started. But before we begin, I want to thank all of you who have read my book and keep sending me inspiring comments that you're getting your life back. That makes all the difference and makes me smile. Well, hi, this is Dr. Kelly Pearson, back with you on 8 Minutes to Ageless. And we are getting very close to the end of demonstrating and illustrating all of the 2 bounce stretching protocol. Last time we worked on the quadriceps, and today we're going to start working on the hips but in keeping with the general theme that we started a few weeks ago. I really think it's so important that we start to re- be reminded of the power of our mind as it relates to our ability to change our body. And we've talked about some hope strategies, how to build hope and how to actually analyze whether you even believe you have the ability to recover. It's very very important. So there's a story that I wanted to share that I remember reading about many years ago. True story. It seems almost like it couldn't be. But in fact, it is a true story where a gentleman, this is back in the 50s or early 60s, and it was had to do with some railroad workers. And it came to the end of a shift, and this one gentleman whose job it was to go in the refrigerator car and do some work at the end of the day and make sure everything was a-okay He was inadvertently locked into the car from the inside out. And despite screaming and yelling, no one heard him. And this was before the advent of cell phones, of course. And he knew everything about refrigerator cars. He knew what what the temperatures were and how long a person could live in the refrigerator car and all the rest of it. And it was evening, so it was getting colder outside. And once he realized that there was nobody in the railroad yard and no one to save him and probably no one to check on him, he recognized that he didn't have that long to live in that kind of cold. This was on the inside of the car, of course, was metal. And he found something to use as an instrument to write, to scratch a letter to his family, to his wife and his children about how much he loved them and how sorry he was that he had put himself in this position of being locked in this car overnight and did his best while he was freezing and getting colder and colder by the minute and his fingertips are getting blue and he's describing, according to the letter that he left, describing the difficulty he was having in terms of how cold it was. So in the morning when they came back to the railroad and opened up the car, of course there he was and he literally had been frozen to death and had died over the course of the evening. The irony of the whole thing is that the outside temperature never got colder than about 45 degrees, and the refrigerator car had not been turned on, despite the fact he believed that it was. And there wasn't the controls apparently on the inside of this car. He believed that the car was that cold, that he believed that the outside temperature was even colder and he actually did freeze to death despite the fact that there wasn't enough cold for him to have frozen to death it might have been a very uncomfortable evening shivering but in fact the autopsy showed that he'd frozen to death what's the point of the story the point of the story is that We believe what we believe, (laughs) and the belief that we have around our environment, about our body, about our abilities, about our opportunity to change are very stoic indeed, and they will produce an outcome. So be careful about what it is you're believing. If you're not believing in your body's ability to overcome stiffness, please disregard that. And trust me when I say the body is a living, breathing machine and it does make change, but sometimes it takes time. That's all right, you've got time. So let's jump into this next stretch. We have actually two more stretches in the protocol, and that is around your hips. Now, I would say that my biggest frustration in the world today is the number of hips that I find so dang arthritic, so, so stiff. And it's almost as if when I'm doing the examination on patients, they're surprised when they're laying on their back and I pull their knee up to their chest to assess mobility. They're surprised that it gets stuck so quick. Or if I try to internally rotate the knee, pushing the knee towards the midline of the body and maybe taking the foot with the knee bent, of course, foot outward, like, oh boy, that really, really hurts. I can't do that. They've lost their ability to internally rotate. And with the hip, there's certain patterns of degenerative change. First, you start losing your ability to bring your knee to your chest, and then you start losing your ability to internally rotate your thigh. Then you start losing the ability to externally rotate your thigh, which is the position you're in when you're doing crisscross applesauce, seated crisscross legs, and then you lose the ability to extend your leg. Typically, that's the scenario, but sometimes people have injuries where the osteophytic spur that develops in the hip from the trauma Is in a different location so that maybe they can't externally rotate first. But typically you lose flexion, then internal rotation, then external, then extension. But I find it just shocking that so many people like, wow, I have no idea. I couldn't bend my hip. Why did they not have an idea? Because all they do is sit and stand and lay in bed, sit and stand and lay in bed they don't take their hips through that range of motion every day. And again, you know, I know I sound like a broken record, but I want you to own the fact that if you cannot pull your knee up to your chest every day or externally rotate your hip every day, chances of you being able to do that three months down the road are reduced. Ten years down the road, grossly reduced. We lose what we don't use. And I think I mentioned this previously that two of the most common surgeries today for orthopedic surgeons are replaced hips and replaced knees. And largely it's because people are out to lunch. They don't know that their ability to bend their legs up and around and all around makes a difference in their ability to develop osteoarthritis. They just kind of think that osteoarthritis is this big, bad, ugly thing that falls down from the sky and happens to hit them and it's not their fault. Well, outside of congenital anomalies, it is your making. And don't feel bad about it now. Just go, wow, I didn't know. And that's okay because the truth is a lot of people don't know. That's why I'm doing this podcast. So this first stretch that we're going to be doing is designed to be done with people with good balance. And if your balance isn't great, then you find a wall. I'm going to walk through it without a wall. So you're standing straight, right leg extended. And now you pull your knee up to your chest. find that end range it's a soft soft feel and then you release it a little bit and then you come back up as high as you can again exhaling and making sure this is a comfortable motion and then repeat on both sides three times so you come to that soft edge you let go a little bit and exhale and come a little bit higher perfect scenario perfect world your knee comes all the way up to your chest fabulous without you falling over but if you feel like oh geez I'm working too hard to stand up just find a wall Put your both feet about six seven inches away from the wall maybe more if you need to lean into that wall and then pull your knee up to your chest if your knees are stiff grab underneath your thigh not in front of your knee if your knees are stiff just grab underneath your thigh and pull that guy up to the soft edge relax a little exhale and come a little bit farther. and repeat on the other side and do the whole thing three times now if you can do that If you can actually bring your knee pretty close to your chest, but you haven't been able to squat, here's what's true. You are capable of squatting. You just don't have the strength. Your hip and knee joints are capable of getting you into a squat. You've just lost the strength, predominantly in your gluteal muscles and your quadricep muscles. And you can get that back by learning how to strengthen those protocols, talking to your physical therapist, talking to your personal trainer, looking at some videos online for how to strengthen your, your quad. We do talk about that a little bit later, but that's not the intent of this part of my podcast today Is I want you to be able to today pull your knee to your chest so tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day you can do that. I mean, as I do this stretch in the morning, I say, Kelly, you're going to be 95 and you're going to be able to pull your knee all the way up to your chest and you're going to be able to squat and do all these wonderful things. And you may look 95, but you're going to move like you're 40 or 30. And that to me is the whole point of this. It's not necessarily to look young in terms of plastic surgery and things like that. That again is your personal choice, but it's the ability to move young because your body is totally not used up. We just stop using it so that we never get a chance to use it up. So this stretch is key. And please honor yourself if you feel as if you know, you can't do it and you're nervous that you're going to fall over. That's okay. Just do your best and forget the rest. Now, in terms of one of the things that I will do to help people out if they feel like, gosh, I want to be able to, get a little bit stronger in my thigh so maybe i can work towards squatting like we talk about in the book so here's one thing that's awesome in my clinic i have a vibration plate which i have my patients stand on and i have them go through this range of motion and the vibration that gets generated through their body it just lights up all the proprioceptors around the joints. There's a barrage of feedback to the brain and a lot of good afferent feedback, meaning that the brain's getting a lot of data from the joints. So the joints are getting a lot of learning. The more input you have neurologically to your joints, the more the joint can get feedback from the brain, the more it can become better learner and actually more efficient. But you don't need a vibration plate to do this work. But what you can do is get in front of, open a door and get in front of the edge of the door. Put one hand, your left hand on one doorknob and the right hand on the other. Your feet are going to straddle the door and your feet will be a little bit back from the door. And now you, with your arms completely straight, this is you trusting your body's, your ability not to fall on your bums. You have to have some strength in your arms to do this. Not a lot, but just a little. And you lean your butt back. You stick your butt back towards the corner of the room and you bend your knees so they're at 90 degrees and your knees are directly over your feet. Your butt is as far back as it could possibly go. Your back is straight. Your arms are out in front of you. Your elbows are not bent and you're getting this beautiful movement in your knees. Now what's holding you up basically is your arms, but As you get better and better and better with this, as you go down and come up and go down and come up, more of the transference of the strength as you come up will be in your quadricep muscles. At first, you might have to pull yourself up with your arms as you come up to a wreck state again. But as you get better at this and you're down, let's say in that 90-90 position relationship to your shin and your thigh, and you go to stand up, you start to activate some of your quads like, okay, I'm going to use these muscles to help me come up. Now it might be, okay, 25% of the movement as you come up is coming from your legs, great. And the rest from your arms. You do this two more weeks, it could be 50-50. You do this another two weeks, it could be 75, 25, 75% of that movement is generated by your quads. You see what I'm saying? So as you go along, it's like now you can just barely touch the doorknobs and you can do a squat, go down and come up and not using your arms nearly as much because your body is so capable of change. And while I said a couple of podcasts ago that one of the surest fire way to age is to not have tight calf muscles because it causes you to shuffle, I would say that this exercise and your ability to stretch your quads is ever so important because we know that if you can't get into a squat and come back up, your ability to live the life with freedom is definitely a challenge. All right, so you have got your work cut out for you this week, and I'm really excited to have you try these things. If you get sore, take some vitamin C, some turmeric, some fish oil. If you get cramps... Find a good electrolyte. One of my favorite is Light Balance. Uh, You can get it on Amazon, L-Y-T-E, Balance. Take care of your sore muscles by giving them things that reduce inflammation and electrolytes that allow the muscle to be happier. Thanks for your time and look forward to our next visit. In keeping with my minimalistic approach to life, I keep this podcast short and only add the most critical points, not adding fluff. So for today, we are done, but I hope you will do a few minutes of the good stuff we talked about. If you have not picked up the book, you can get it on Amazon. The website, 8 minutes will have the show notes and any videos that I mentioned on this podcast. I thank you for spending your precious 20 minutes with me. And as always, you can reach out and contact me via the website. Remember, one day at a time, you are getting bolder and not older. I look forward to seeing you next week.